Good morning, everyone. I'm reading today chapter 11 in Hebrews, and it's called Faith in Action. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. But before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, who architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the, dead, back from the death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. 
He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall we say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the, fur, the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with, with us would they be made perfect. So I did it again, and I've done this before in the past, and I said to myself, I won't do that the next time. And it's the first thing I always do before I, I do anything else when I'm in the car. I mean, but this time, it wasn't rush hour. It was in the evening. I knew where I was going. So I don't need to check Google Maps. I could just go, get home. But the one time, the one time I don't check, I get caught in a traffic jam because there was some accident or some unforeseen road closure. And that caused me to regret and, and berate myself for not just trusting in Google. I don't know if you ever experienced that. No, no. On February 8th, 2005, on a sunny day in Mountain View, California, Google Maps was born. Do you remember the days of yore when uh, you used MapQuest or went to a store like CAA to plan out your road trips? I remember making deliveries as a flower delivery person and having to, you know, look through that road, Toronto road map, right, and finding out where you had to go, and I had to map it all out. Now, I don't need any of that. I just put it in Google Maps, trust that it knows where it's, what it's doing and where it's going to take me, and I just go, even if I don't know where I'm going. You can say uh, that by faith, I trust in Google for my trips and for my daily commute. I have faith that Google Maps knows the way, especially when I don't know where I'm going. 
And this is one of the main points that the preacher of Hebrews is making here in chapter 11. He wants to encourage and remind his people about how those who came before them, their ancestors, their, the great prophets and, and the heroes of the faith, lived by faith. So what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is having confidence in what we hope for. Here, faith is put together with hope. When we talk about faith, it's, it's about trusting in God with, with all of our lives, whereas hope is in trusting in God with our future. I hope to do well on my test. I hope to get that job I apply for. I hope to finish my degree. All of us live our lives hoping for the best, and yet this isn't the kind of hope that the preacher is speaking about here. It's not a hope that is dependent on some good karma or things working out for our benefit. The hope here is being sure and confident in that our hope is with God who keeps his promises. And this is not the first time the preacher mentions hope in Hebrews. Hebrews 3, 6, But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in, we, in which we glory. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The hope we have of our future is in believing or having faith in a God who fulfills his promises. God not only cannot go against who he is, which in his character, so he doesn't lie, nor can he break his promises. God has made an oath and has sworn upon himself to make sure we understand how binding his promise is. Faith is not just about believing in a set of ideas, but rather faith leads to action. We all put our faith in something, don't we? Whether it's an idea of the brave new world, whether it's faith in Google Maps, or faith in our government, faith in the career path that we've chosen, or faith in a person, whether our friends, family, or children. And when we believe in something or someone, Depending on our conviction or confidence of the person or the thing we have faith in, the more we will live as though we actually believed in what or who we put our faith in. It leads to action. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is having assurance about what we do not see. Faith is believing that God who we cannot see with our eyes, have created the universe out of nothing. Faith is not only believing that God exists, though, but that God is a God who wants, to, wants us to earnestly seek him. Verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. As a commentary uh, puts it, we must believe not only that God exists, because even the demons believe God exists, but that God also cares. See, I think faith is not about trusting in God when God answers our prayers or when things are working out for in our favor, but rather faith is trusting in God when we cannot see God. 
when we can't feel him, when we ask out loud, where are you, God? And this was a similar question that my friend Howard was asking a few years ago. His daughter, Izzy, who was three years old back then, was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And he and his wife spent countless hours praying, asking for healing. People from all over the world would pray for Izzy, including our church. For two and a half years, Izzy would go through numerous surgeries, multiple rounds of chemotherapy, and many, many visits to the hospital. How do you have faith when it feels like everything in your life is falling apart? How do you hope in a future that leads to death? The people of Hebrews were also under persecution and the, possibility, and the possibility of facing death. They may have felt like giving up, and some had already stopped meeting together because they're of the fear that they may lose their life. So the preacher of Hebrews wants to encourage them with examples and reminders of those who came before them that had much faith. The preacher uses that phrase, by faith, over and over again to encourage his hearers of those who came and to help them persevere till the end. By faith, Abel brought a better offering. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham trusted in God to take him to the right place, even when he did not know where he was going. What I love about this passage is that the preacher of Hebrews isn't asking us to have faith when things are going well. When God feels so close to me that when I pray, I feel like God is sitting next to me. When I pray for a little thing, God answers, big thing, he answers, you know. But it's having faith when things are not going well, when we don't know where we are going. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. All these heroes of the faith were commended for their faith, not because they received what was promised to them. There were those who got glimpses of their promise and their future promise. But none of these heroes who lived their whole lives following God received the promises that God made with them while they were alive. They were given a promise, and because of that promise of a future hope, they acted out in faith, and yet they all died, except Enoch, who was taken up uh, to heavens, uh, holding on to the hope that God will eventually bring about what he said he will do. And some of you may have heard this story, but when I was 21 years old, I was finally gra graduating from high school. You got to, yeah, you do the math. I was 21 years old when I was graduating from high school. And I had dug myself into a hole where I, I, you know, I was a high school dropout and was too old to be going to regular high school. So I was going to the Adult Learning Center at Danforth and, uh, uh, or Bloor there. And by this time, I was starting to you know, turn my school life around and felt that God was calling me to be a pastor. It seemed almost impossible. I was a high school dropout, uh, living on my own, still smoking and very rough around the edges. How on earth would anyone even see me or want me to be their pastor? 
I don't know where I would end up or, or how I would even get there, but all I knew was that I needed to graduate from high school, so I did, and, and then I applied to Tyndale, and I got in, and somehow through the grapevine, my uncle heard that I was, I applied to Tyndale, and I was going to go to Tyndale, and so he called me, myself and my younger brother out for lunch, and we went out for lunch, and while we were eating, this is what he told me, that all throughout my grandma, my, my paternal grandmother's side, through her lifelong 90 years of life, her, her, her uh, lifelong prayer was that one of her descendants would go into ministry. She had already died three years before. And my grandmother, who has six sons, one daughter, uh, out of over 14-plus grandchildren, I was the very first one to want to go into ministry. And I still remember my grandmother when I first came to Canada. We stayed with her. You know, she used to pray, have us pray together, do, you know, family devotionals and, and read scripture even when I didn't want to. She was a woman of faith. She lived her whole life believing that this prayer that she had wasn't just her prayer, but a prayer that was given to her by God. And so she kept praying and died and didn't receive that promise until after. I think when we recognize that the center of the universe is not us, but rather God, it changes our perspective on when God will do what he says he will do. For most of us, when we look at our world where we, we do feel like we're the center, we experience the world from our perspective, and therefore it feels like we are the center of our own universe. We want things done in our timeline, in our way, in what impacts me. Yet we are, yet this world is not created to serve me and my wants and my needs. We are part of something greater, something beyond me and us. We are part of God's world and his timeline. We are part of what God is doing in this world, and we are invited to be part of that creative and redemptive act of God. He has made this world and has set the purposes of this world in and through the people of Israel and ultimately in Jesus Christ. That as we grow in our relationship with him, we join him in his plans and purposes for this world. His plan and purposes that is much bigger than our timeline and the entirety of our small, short years in this world. Yet he somehow wants us to be part of his plans because he cares because he loves us, which his plans are to bring all things under his lordship, where people love one another without ma any malice, without any hurt or pain or selfishness, a world where there is peace, joy, forgiveness, and re restoration, a world of bliss or what we might call heaven. This desire for a world like this help us live in the now, striving and living as though it has already come. We do this because we are not called to escape this world, but with Christ and with others, we are to work towards building heaven on earth now. This kind of hope in God is hard to have, though, when our world can seem pretty bleak, whether it's the war in Ukraine, COVID and monkeypox, high inflation rates, chronic back pain, or losing your daughter to cancer. It is so hard to have hope or hold on to faith 
when everything feels like it's falling apart. And even when I look at the list of these heroes in the Bible, I feel as though, well, these people were special. They were people who have so much faith. I can't be like these people. I can't have faith like Abraham. Verse 31, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Did you notice that in the list of the heroes of faith or the hall of fame of faith that Rahab is mentioned? Not only is Rahab mentioned, but the writer, the preacher seems to point out exactly what she does for a living. You know, Rahab the prostitute, by faith, Rahab the prostitute. That phrase in itself is a very perplexing phrase, right? By faith, Rahab the prostitute. Rahab was not only a prostitute, but she was also a Gentile, non-Jew, who was outside the promises of God, as the people of Israel sometimes thought. But yet, her faith has included her in the genealogy of Jesus. Her faith, I don't know what, what she did, but it welcomed her, uh, the, the Joshua and, her spies, and their spies, reckoned to her as faith. And this gives me hope. The heroes of faith aren't only those who are good at being a Christian, nor is it only reserved for people who are well-to-do in our society, but rather even the downtrodden, the unexpected, the unlikely can have as much faith as the great Abraham. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. We need examples in our own lives that show faith when things are crap. For the last two and a half years, I've witnessed faithfulness of my friend Howard and Jude and their daughter. She fought hard, received treatments with little to no complaint, and was an example of what courage and faith looked like. I have witnessed the family coming together, caring for one another, struggling, crying, and yet with much faith. <clears throat> and two months ago, she passed away. It was heartbreaking to watch my friends have to deal with the death of their daughter. There's no words or answers that can make them feel better. But all I know is that they show me what faith is really about. It's not when things are going well, but rather when things are tough, when life is falling apart, when death is staring at your face. They have showed us what it means to trust in God. It didn't mean that they didn't doubt, nor are they not angry with God or questioning Him even now, but in their doubts, questions, struggles, anger, grief, <clears throat> they're still holding on to God, to the hope of a God in Jesus who has conquered death. That death is not the end, nor does it have the final say. And I asked my friend if I could share this story because I believe their names should be added to that list of the heroes of the faith. 
Their example of faith is a reminder and an inspiration for me to continue to keep the faith and hold on to hope that God is still bringing his plans and purposes to completion, even if it doesn't happen while we are still alive. And there are some of you in this room who have shown me your examples of faith. You've left your country because of your faith. You've left your home and come to a place you don't know. Much like Abraham, you have taken that first step and have done so because of your faith in God. And that gives me hope, that encourages me to keep fighting, to keep going. And did you know that you can also be that person to someone else, to a person who may also be struggling, who may not feel like God is near, that your faithfulness may be an example when things are tough. Perhaps your life, your struggles, your faith in Christ can give hope to others when their life is not going well, when their lives are falling apart, when they don't know where they are, where they are going. Let's pray. Jesus, our hope is in you. Our faith is in you because you're a God who fulfills his promises. And yet there are times in, in our own lives when we're going through hardship, when we're in pain. It's hard to see. It's hard to have hope. But remind us, Lord, in those times of the peoples that, uh, and the people who have come before us, who have shown us that you are a faithful God, that though it may not happen within our lifetime, that you're a God who cares for us, who loves us, and who is bringing all things, all things to new, all things back to whole. And so we cling and hold on to your promises and your goodness. And we thank you for people in our lives who show us what it means to have faith. And may we take those first steps following you, even when we don't know where we are going. In Jesus' name, amen.